How to Tell Stories to Children is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling. I am Silka Rose West. And I am Joseph Saracy. We are the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children. Our goal is to foster diverse storytelling by helping individuals like you awaken to the storyteller within. We appreciate your support. You can find our children's stories, exclusive tutorials, live Q&As, and more benefits on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren or by visiting our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today. One of the essential messages we share at How to Tell Stories to Children is that storytelling is better understood through the lens of relationship than narrative. Anyone who has told stories to their children, including grandparents, teachers, caregivers, will recognize that at the end of a good story, you don't just walk away with a good story. The two of you feel closer. Why? There is a lot of research available on the subject of storytelling today. It helps people focus, remember information, develop empathy, and navigate difficult life events. It also happens to be a lot of fun. These subjects are so well studied that a quick Google search will bring up hundreds of articles, both for the layperson and the academic. In fact, there are so many good books, factoids, and articles out on storytelling now that it's easy to get lost in all the good news. We say lost because what's interesting is that almost all of this research is focused on the impact of the story on the listener. In other words, it neglects the relationship between the storyteller and the listener, and particularly the relationship that forms after multiple tellings. As parents and teachers who use storytelling daily, we believe this is an error. We have experienced the storytelling relationship so frequently that we recognize it, not the narrative, at the heart of good storytelling. It is through the intimacy and trust of that relationship that the real value, and not just the words, is passed from human to human, parent to child. It's also why every parent and caregiver is uniquely poised to become an incredible storyteller, because nobody knows your child better than you. What scientists have pieced together over the last 70 years is that storytelling is a fundamental component of how we think, speak, and make meaning of our lives. It mediates our social structures and extends deep into our human ancestry. And it's as alive today as ever, because our minds have evolved to understand the world through stories. But there is a gap in the science of storytelling, the relationship gap. And to fill it in, we need to look elsewhere. 
at one of the principal theories of human development, attachment theory. The main principle of attachment theory is that a healthy attachment to one or more parental figures in a child's early years helps a child to form healthy relationships later in life. Since relationships are vital to social creatures like you and I, this leads to all sorts of desirable outcomes, like academic and career success, mental health, and positive self-esteem. On the other hand, children who lack healthy attachment in childhood tend to form poor relationships as adults and therefore struggle with school, career, and a variety of behavior disorders ranging from anxiety to anger to avoidance. Psychology Today reports that 40% of children in the U.S. lack a healthy attachment with their parents and are therefore likely to struggle forming healthy relationships as adults. That's four out of 10 people. However, it's important not to equate attachment with love. It's quite possible and even likely for a mother and father to love their child, yet not have adequate attachment. So what builds attachment? Here are six ground rules from Dr. Holly Rule, writing in Motherly. Number one, recognizing and responding to a child's cues for attention. Number two, following a child's interests. Number three, being in sync with a child. Four, remaining positive. Five, varying a child's activities. And six, giving emotional support. If you think of storytelling as a narrative, you will be hard-pressed to understand how it might accomplish these goals. If, however, you begin to see storytelling as a relationship, then you will see how easily they are met in the period of 10 to 20 minutes. If you have ever heard a child say, tell me a story, you may have thought she merely wanted a good story. But if we grasp that relationship is the crux of storytelling, we begin to see that this is a child's way of asking for attention. This corresponds directly with rule number one, recognizing and responding to a child's cues for attention. Identifying this cue as what it is, a bid for your attention, can help a lot of parents let go of the stress of coming up with a perfect story. It's you she wants, not the story. In our storytelling work, we refer constantly to the concept of the storytelling loop. You take one or two elements from a child's life, tell an imaginative story about it, and end up with a new perspective on those real things. This correlates with ground rules two, following a child's interests, and three, being in sync. This is a crucial step, particularly for beginning storytellers. Engaging in the storytelling relationship is not so much about telling a masterful story offhand. It begins with paying attention to your child's environment. What is he seeing? What is he doing? And then incorporating something recognizable into your stories. 
This makes a child feel seen. It helps him feel special and more engaged with the story because he already recognizes it from his life. He's already there with you. This simple step is worth its weight in gold. It is always possible to move into wildly imaginative stories later on. But for parents and teachers wishing to get started, you will find that this simple method, the storytelling loop, makes storytelling much easier. You can touch into this by imagining yourself at a large family reunion with lots of distant relatives, or an office party with all your coworkers. Imagine the difference between someone who drones on and on about their exciting life versus someone who takes a moment to listen to you and observe your interests, then tailors the conversation so the subject is recognizable to you. You're no longer a captive audience. You're engaged. You feel seen. Even as a listener, you feel your own power. The experience is incomparably different. Rule number four, remaining positive, is essential to any children's story. We might include some conflicts and drama, especially as a child ages, but a good story will always have a positive outcome and leave a child with a good feeling. This helps build a child's sense of safety and resolve and connects that good feeling with you. It's one of the principal features of storytelling. By allowing a child to encounter a difficult situation in a story, then providing resolution, he has a chance to practice for real life. If we have followed a child's interests and responded to their cues for attention, like rules one and two, a good story will often lead to the child exploring that story through play. We see this all the time with movies, but even a beginning storyteller will begin to see this pattern in their storytelling life. I'm speaking here of rule number five, varying a child's activities. If you have ever encountered a bored child, it's often because there is not enough diversity in his activities. But how do we open a child to new and diverse experiences? Storytelling is a great way to do it, because it gets our imaginations flowing. If we use the storytelling loop, taking something real from our child's life and telling a creative story about it, then we open new doors and ways to experience that very real thing. It's like planting seeds, and it's much easier than you think. Want to go on a walk? Ask yourself, what story might motivate that behavior in your child? Perhaps it's a little fairy that lives at the end of the road in Mrs. Rimple's mailbox. You might need to go check for footprints. Or maybe it's a story about a painting that comes alive, which leads afterward to getting out the watercolors or the sidewalk chalk. Have a child that doesn't want to eat vegetables? It's frustrating for both of you, but sometimes a story about a carrot-loving bunny who just happens to hate radishes can initiate a switch. Every child is different. Not every story works for every kid. To do it well, we will have to remember, one, to recognize and respond to our child's cues for attention, two, to follow her interests, 
Three, to be in sync with our child. Four, to remain positive. If we do, and we begin to recognize that storytelling is about our relationship with our child, you will open doors to new and diverse experiences. Finally, as in ground rule six, storytelling is one of the principal ways people share, resolve, and simulate emotional experiences. There's a great quote from Marco Iacoboni, a neuroscientist at UCLA who studies mirror neurons. We have empathy for fictional characters, he says, because we literally experience the same feelings ourselves. If a child is experiencing a difficult emotion, a story about a mouse or a superhero that feels something similar and then resolves it can give a child some love and attention while simultaneously giving them a sense of direction. In short, storytelling is an excellent way to build attachment, and healthy attachment leads to excellent storytelling. When we stop thinking of storytelling as the telling of a story and embrace the relationship that arises between speaker and listener, parent and child, we open our eyes to the real value of storytelling in our lives. It starts to make sense why people have been honing this skill for tens of thousands of years. It builds relationships. Relationships build successful and emotionally grounded people. There is a reason why storytelling is so effective at helping people moderate emotions, remember information, and stay focused. It is one of the primary cognitive tools we have as human beings. The best part is that it belongs to each of us and no one in particular. It is 100% free. Each of us is uniquely suited for this storytelling relationship with our own children. There just simply isn't anyone who could do it any better. Thank you for listening to How to Tell Stories to Children, a bi-weekly podcast exploring the science and methodology of storytelling from the authors of How to Tell Stories to Children, an acclaimed new book empowering parents across the world. A new edition is due out in over 50 countries from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt in June of 2021. You can find children's stories from Silka Rose West and Joseph Ceresi on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash howtotellstoriestochildren, as well as tutorials, live Q&As, Patreon perks, and more. Or visit our website at howtotellstoriestochildren.com. A Story Village is a collection of children's stories by Silka Rose West, ages 3 to 7. Joseph Saracy's children's stories, The Storytelling Loop, is for children ages 5 to 10. Help us spread the love of storytelling by becoming a patron today.